0: As we mentioned last week in our episode with our good friend, Arena Ivanchenko, I recently read an article in the July, August, 2023 experience life magazine by today's guest. As a reminder, if you're not sure what experience life magazine is uh, there, it's put out by lifetime. And we actually had the editor in chief, Jamie Martin on the show on episode 24. So if you haven't listened to that, uh, check it out. But the article was titled fitness around the world. And it posed a fascinating concept Writer and fitness professional, Andrew Heffernan, challenges readers to infuse your active endeavors with renewed energy, courtesy of the inspired movement habits of the other, of other cultures. Today, we're going to explore how movement and play can become a central theme to experiencing your travel in new and energetic ways. That's today on the Evolve Podcast. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. Now it's time to disrupt. Welcome back to the Evolve Podcast, where evolved men and women come to disrupt, connect, and get inspired. As always, joining me from the, his boxing cave in beautiful Oberlin, Ohio, the most interesting man that I know is W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Thank you. Yep. i the
1: How you doing, I'm not Steve? seeing the
0: punching bags on the wall there, or I mean the, the mitts.
1: I don't have a punching bag. Actually, for my clients, I am the punching bag.
0: Thank you. Yes. I think that's a fair, fair assessment
1: <laughs> and
0: lost somewhere in the mountains of Utah. I am Steve Cutler. Today's guest is Andrew Heffernan. Uh, Andrew says I'm interested in uh, or rather obsessed with finding ways to move that can make you feel better, look better and function better in every aspect of life. All of my credentials stem from this lifelong passion. Andrew continues. I've been a professional or personal trainer since 2003. And since then have hired, helped people from diverse backgrounds achieve their fitness goals. From corporate types to school teachers and luminaries in the entertainment industry, I've helped clients lose weight, bulk up, and feel their best in record time. Finally, I think most importantly, I've helped to reshape how people feel about and think about their bodies so they feel great 24-7. Trainer, writer, speaker, and actor, Andrew Heffernan. Welcome to the Evolve podcast.
2: Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here.
0: Great to be here. Great to have you with us. And I apologize. I I stumbled a bit over the... uh, That intro, that was a bad intro. Miles, we should do that one again, right? Now, we never do second takes here. People are just going to have to listen to that. (laughs) Just
2: going to have to deal with it? Yeah, it's fine.
0: Well, Andrew, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, You know, I want to, to kick it off, I want to read our listeners the first paragraph of the article that I uh, read. Because uh, I I just, I thought it was so well written. I love the concept and I loved how you wrote it. Martial arts in Brazil, salsa dancing in Cuba, stone lifting in Iceland, sport climbing in Sardinia. Gardening in Okinawa, base swinging in India. The ways in which people over the world move, their bodies are varied, full of health benefits, and pretty darn delightful. Learning about other cultures often brings unexpected gifts. You're a great writer, obviously, but uh, let's talk about why learning about how other cultures and how these other cultures move is so important to you.
2: That's a great question. I I think that there's... There's a certain, uh, there's a parallel between the way that people approach movement and the way they approach fitness, exercise, you know, and then the values of the culture that they come from, right? Mm, so yeah. there's a cool way in which if you do capoeira or something like that, you actually are embodying something about Brazil, right? Yeah, You're actually kind yeah. of taking that on. Uh, same with, you know, if you're doing a very traditional martial art or something like that, doing right through the, those kata and doing everything very symmetrically and, you know, with, with perfect form, there's something about Japan that seems kind of inherent in those movements. So there's a way in which if you experience some of these cool different um, uh, movement modalities that you're, you're taking on and you're experiencing, you know, something about something cool about that culture. So there's a way in which it's, it's a sort of travelogue. It's kind of an imaginary travelogue. Um, and and that has all kinds of benefits. Um, for one thing, you're just kind of getting out of the standard box of how we move in our day-to-day life. So right. even if you're someone who exercises regularly, you're someone who goes to the gym and, you know, whatever it is, you lift weights and you get on the bike or whatever it is, you know, we, we start to go, oh, well, okay, I'm, I'm fit because I – know how to bench press and I know how to get on the bike and that kind of thing. But we most of us have experienced this where all of a sudden we were pushed, we're thrust for some reason or another out of that habitual kind of movement. Even if it's intense movement, maybe we hit a heavy bag or maybe we climb a mountain or something like this. The next day, even if we are in shape and I'm making air quotes with that, even if we're in shape, we go, oh my God, I didn't know that I, you know, I'm, I'm so sore from doing yeah. that, that new thing so there's always more to explore there's always um different rhythms to explore different planes of motion to explore um just different different approaches and modality different speeds of movement different ranges of motion for the joints i mean we're just talking biomechanically and then there's the whole well how is fitness sold to us how is it presented to us you know again capoeira i don't want to belabor that one but like in capoeira you're you're learning to play a musical instrument while yeah. you're exercising. And where in the United States is there any exercise modality where it's like, you're given a tambourine and expected to do that in addition to lifting a weight or doing a cartwheel or something like that. Yeah. So, so this, this just multi-modality, multi-level, but multi-sensory kind of approach to fitness um, can just keep expanding your sense of how to move, how can we be healthy? Uh, you know how can we sort of celebrate this you know wonderful instrument that we're all you know endowed with throughout our whole life so you know you can do that by exploring everything that is at your local 24-hour fitness but you can also do it by traveling the world either actually going to places and doing these things or doing it finding a local class to, where you can take these things on so those are some of the, some of the ways
1: why I thought that was said uh,
0: yeah I think cool. that's a that's a great perspective
1: and because in, uh, in, in capetta, you know once you start getting your chords they don't call it fighting they call it playing right they actually call it going up against somebody yeah which Yeah. which i find really interesting and it's one of the reasons we also reframed um i mean i'll still tell steve i teach boxing and things like that but when i get to prospective clients what i basically tell them is we explore movement through boxing. Yeah. So that more that more people, more people now become interested because we're talking about movement, and it's not boxing because boxing has a, is a loaded term. You know, right. I don't want to become a professional boxer. I'm not going. I don't want to fight anybody. So I reframed it, and I say we explore movement, and we just happen to use the modality of boxing.
2: Right. Right. Now that's cool. And just think about that. I mean, that's a great point, Miles. That like. Cup where uh, you go against someone and it's considered play. Well, that is a whole, you use the word reframing. That's a whole reframing, right? So it's like in the United States, you tend to think, all right, I'm going to get an open ring and I'm going to slug away at someone until they're on the floor. You know what I mean? That's the kind of, the like you said, the, uh, the association we make with these combat sports, right? But if you can reframe that to, well, we're going to play together. I'm gonna, of course, do my best, and you're gonna do your best, and by doing our best, we actually make each other a little bit better. So there's a cooperation aspect to uh, to to that form of fighting, and uh, th- there's a way in which we're, we, you know, it's not just you know who's gonna be the stronger, the better, who's gonna wind up blighted on the mat, and who's gonna wind up with the belt. win. Yeah. You know, there's this sense that we're 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 cooperating in this, and that is a, I mean, that's you're in a different world, you're in a different space when you're thinking, well, we're playing together. Well, that's not, it's not as threatening, it's not as scary. My ego isn't as much on the line. You know, we can laugh yeah. when playing music, but so it's like, even if you best me, I'm like, we can all hug it out at the end and then, then I'm gonna play music for someone else. So where do you keep going? So, so, so that's, the whole, that's not just like getting in better shape. It's reconceptualizing of a whole, the whole idea of, of competition, you know, and that's yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I think travel travel has the opportunity to do that because we go into a new place, right? And and I I love what you were talking about Andrew, where you say when you get into a new place, you're not only experiencing the movement, but you're experiencing a part of their culture and you're doing it in a way that's more authentic. I mean, if we're being honest, I I remember going to a place, uh well we actually lived in in Ohio. We lived in Cincinnati for a period of time. And when we lived there, we just jumped right in to go visit all of the different places around there. And when I sat around about a year later, sitting and talking to some of the folks that had been there their entire life, and I was just checking off the boxes of here's all the different things that we've done. Most of them in the room looked at me with their jaws dropped and they had never experienced many of those places. They had never gone rock climbing. They'd never hiked. They had never done the, so many of the things that were in that area. And so I think travel is a way where we can immerse ourselves in the beauty of a place which also includes immersing ourselves in the perspective because that yeah. collaborative play is not something that we have in, in America. Right. So talk a little bit about when people travel, they typically have a, that agenda, right? They want to see the sites. Maybe they want to go to an amusement park. They want to go to the beach. What can people, what are some other things that you believe people can gain by experiencing different forms of movement and play when they travel?
2: Yeah, certainly. Well, I mean, one you kind of alluded to just now, which is just interaction with the natural landscape, right? So uh, you go to some place that has a beautiful river on it and, uh, you know, with rapids or something, you want to go whitewater rafting. It's like, there's no better way of feeling, you know, that connection with the elements than, you know, getting in a raft and, you know, bouncing down the river. Um, But of course, there's hundreds of other ways of doing it too. I mean, it's cross country skiing, there's um there's a you know the one of the ones that i wrote about here was uh, was stone lifting and i yeah, was just in, yeah. i was just in scotland and it's so interesting i mean i was in, in scotland you know first of all the whole place is a golf course i mean it's like it, it looks like you could just dig a little hole anywhere and it would be a golf course. <laughs> nice, just, you know, nice that's all you need i live well, in, that in, Atlanta,
0: that in your front yard
2: Exactly. Like if I live in LA and you know, there's golf courses all around, I'm, and I, and I, when I went to Scotland, I was like, oh, this is where golf should be, where there's just natural green everywhere. You don't even need, you don't need pesticides, you don't need herbicides, you don't need someone watering with irrigation all over the place. The rain just happens, and you know, you see why. Yeah. So golf's just, golf is actually like a rugged outdoor sport. That's what it should be, you know, not mm-hmm. that, anyway. So, um, so, but the stone lifting piece is the thing that really got me in, in Scotland because you know that whole country is just again these massive, rolling, beautiful hills, and then these rugged rocks just all over the place. So, you can just imagine that you know, even thousands of years ago, these Scottish guys in kilts would be like, I bet I can lift that thing, and I bet you can't, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and then, and then, and they had this, they had this, um, I, I can't remember, it's Iceland or Scotland, but where they have these. These progressively larger stones and they still exist i mean these things have been around for thousands of years and it's like if you can lift that if you're a prospective fisherman for instance there's that rock over there and say it weighs 50 pounds and you lift that and then you get this amount per day here's one that weighs 75 pounds you lift that one you get this much more per day all the way up to one that weighs like 250 pounds the idea is you're a more effective worker the stronger you are so that was their way that was their resume You know, but that was their job interview, which that's a good, that's a
0: good resume. That's a good job. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: And then, (laughs) and those rocks are still there. And so this, one of the coolest websites that I discovered when I was writing this article was, I think it's called lifting, it's in the article, but something, something like liftingstones.com or something. And it's like, it's like a map of the world, particularly this area, Scotland, Ireland, Iceland. And they go, there's a rock that's a quarter of a mile this way in the middle of this field. and It's just stuck there. And people have been lifting this rock for 500 years. you know. Wow. And wow. you can go online and see people lifting it. And there's a pair of rocks in, um, in Scotland called the Dinny Stones, which are probably the most famous version of this. So this guy kind of lifted these rocks, and they have little rings on them. And there's a whole, like, if you can lift even one of those rocks, you get your name in this special, you know, this special log at this cafe right there. Anyway, there are people that, you know, travel all around the world to lift these stones. Um, so that's a very specific way in which, you know, you're interacting with, uh, with, the, with the landscape. Um, and that's another way in which, you know, again, you can feel your presence in a space. And certain, certainly, I mean, obvious obvious version of that is, you know, climbing a mountain, you know, um, hang gliding somewhere if you're into like that kind of thing, or, uh, you know, we mentioned rock climbing. Um, so that's so, so just a way to be like, what can we do in this country that's different from what we can do in our country and it's a great way to kind of combine everything enjoying the travel and also getting just great new different workouts
0: yeah I think it's a great way to 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 not have to think about okay am I gonna going to the gym while I go to this particular area, right? It just incorporated into what you do. I think you did a nice job in the article of breaking up movement challenges. Uh, This was one of my favorite things is how you said, hey, when you travel, here are some movement challenges you can do in these particular areas. So I want to run through the list of them and and talk about uh, some of these where uh, you referenced strength with Iceland, or excuse me, with Scotland and Iceland and lifting the stones. One of the first ones you said, up your neat. The second one is test your strength feel the beat, strike a pose, find inspiration in the ancient, and then finally play a game. Let's start with up your NEAT. So for our listeners, can you describe what NEAT is?
2: Sure. Yeah. NEAT is a, uh, it's a great word, but it stands for something a little bit, um, it's a little bit cumbersome. The phrase it stands for is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's kind of a mouthful, but basically just referring to Uh, any kind of movement that you do that isn't formal exercise. So Mm -hmm. it can be anything from fidgeting in your chair to you're cooking dinner, you're walking around a little bit, you take a walk around the block with your kid or your dog, Um, you know, anything that isn't formal exercise. Actually, the the, the interesting thing about meat is um, that it, it has a greater potential for burning calories, if that is your goal, than formal exercise. When you think about it, you know, if if we're just sort of doing everything right, you know, we're we're able to exercise, squeeze in maybe an hour of exercise, formal exercise a day, right? But you can easily f- squeeze in two, three, you know, if you if you kind of jigger your your day right, you could get two or three hours. If you take up a hobby, like I don't know, I mean, this is this is a this is a big swing, but like if you take up carpentry or something, you're moving, you know, right. and you do that two hours a day, you're burning a ton of calories. So you're burning a yeah. lot of calories. So it's like that gives you a certain amount of leeway in um in, in how much you eat, right? Gives you a little bit more freedom in how much you eat than if you're only sitting at a desk for 10 hours a day, exercising for one hour a day, and then sitting in front of a TV for three hours a day and sleeping for eight. I don't know if that adds up to 24, but you don't know, you can see what I'm getting at. A lot of people are sedentary mo- almost all of their life, and then maybe they get to the gym for an hour. So yeah. neat. Neat is just a way of upping your uh, upping your awareness, and people do this with the um, the uh, the step apps, you know, the health app on their phone. They see how right. many steps take Some days I look at my step app and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got all of 1,500 steps today. Like <laughs> that's off <awesome, laughs>
0: Not much know? movement, yeah.
2: Right, not a whole lot of movement. But then other days you go, it's funny when I, when I was traveling recently, uh, walk just walking through the airports, multiple airports, I got like easily 12,000 steps. So I was like, wow. Just a day of travel that feels like you're just sitting on a plane. Actually, is a fair amount of walking. Yeah. So, in a place like Uganda, and that's the place I wrote about for uh, referencing meat, um, you know, they're they're in a phase in their development as a country where they still have to uh, get a lot of movement in in order to kind of go through their lives. There's a lot of, of course, agriculture in Uganda, um, and so most people there get a lot of incidental movement just throughout the day. So, the idea. That they would even have to go to a gym is kind of ludicrous because you know when when you do sit down to think about that the idea that we're paying money to go and do hard labor for an hour is a little bit you know there's something <laughs> a little bit off about that yeah you know? yeah but it's where we are it's just where we are as a as a, as a as a country so uganda is in its phase in its development where it's like they're kind of at this balance point where it's like well this is the amount of activity that a human organism should probably get throughout the course of, course of its day. And um, so uh, it's just, it, their, their day is naturally filled with lots of, lots of uh, physical activity. And so I think in the piece, what I talked about is like, you know, you see this all the time. How do you up your every, everyday activities? These are very simple ways of doing it. You know, again, when I was going through the airport, I don't get on the people mover. I walk, you know, briskly and try to keep up with the people on the people mover. I will, I don't take the escalator, I take the stairs. You know, when I'm, when I'm, uh, there's a grocery store, like a half a mile from here, instead of taking the car, I wheel the little cart out and look like an old grandmother, load up the cart, nice. <laughs> I wheel it home, right? So that's, that's just great. a way of, yeah, just a way of getting a little, and everyone has their own way of doing it. Some people do this thing where they get off the bus to stop before, right? So they walk, wind up walking, maybe a quarter mile or something. And all these little, uh, little movement snacks kind of add up. Uh, I don't know if 10,000 steps is really, like, there's anything magical about that. But I think that having that number in mind as a reference point can be useful just to kind of keep people moving throughout their day as opposed to sitting for 10 hours, working out for an hour, and then crashing on the couch.
0: Yeah, it's pretty
1: you know, I, have a, I have a – my sister is 71 years old, and I used to always tease her. About the work that my clients do, and she would always say to me, Bring them to my job. And I always said, Pat, you need to get some exercise. And she works for Home Goods, and oh. I've seen her work and I've seen her unload trucks and putting stuff on shelves and twisting and turning. And at one point, I had to look at my sister, apologize, and go, I am really sorry. I need to send my clients to Home Goods. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it's
2: yeah. true. It's true. I mean, like, if you have a job like that, you have to be like. Blue collar gets a bad rap, but I'm telling you, if you if you take care of yourself and you probably, if you have a blue-collar job where you're moving, stretching, and lifting all that stuff, probably all you really need is maybe a little bit middle, little bit of mobility, you know, a little bit of stretching and rotation just to make sure that the range of motion of those joints stays good. And you want to make you want to avoid overuse injuries. But in general, you don't have to worry about it.
1: You know, well, I think, you know, the thing is, I think with blue collar workers, what we need to do is teach them that they are doing exercises so that when they get off of work, they don't head for the place to get the worst foods because they want to relax. Yeah, Yeah.
2: there was a fascinating study along these lines of you guys know about this, with the hotel maids. This yeah, was, I was
0: just uh, going to bring uh, that up. The hotel. Yeah, maids go ahead. And
2: talk to, you, you talk a little bit, Steve.
0: Yeah, so the oh, hotel man. maid study was pretty fascinating. They uh were looking at, at just expectation, right? Uh, I I read this from the expectation effect uh book and they were talking about how uh hotel maids, they went in and they were just tracking how did they move? How did, what how many steps per day? That sort of thing. What was the activity? And they changed their perception. They just the the researcher said, "Hey, did you know that the exercise or the movement that you're doing throughout the day is equivalent to somebody who's very fit and essentially just reframed it. Well, between the time that the researchers told them and then came back, and I can't remember what the timing was, but it was pretty fast.
2: something, usually. Yeah. yeah.
0: Every single person had lost weight. They had changed yeah. nothing else about their lifestyle. They just had reframed and understood that, oh, I am active. I am. More fit than what I think. And there was this, you know, slight perspective shift yeah. that led to a massive change in their in their weight. And I think that, you know, Andrew, a lot of what you're talking about is just slight perspective shifts. Don't get yeah. on the people mover, just walk through. You don't need to go those 20 feet faster and just stand there and take a break. My wife and I joke one time, uh, we were standing in line at a store, and it was for some reason we were at a store late at night, which we rarely do. And I just kind of uh, bumped into her on accident. She goes, oh, don't, I, I'm, I'm just relaxing here. And I started laughing because that just came out of her mouth. I said, you're line relaxing. And she's like, yeah, I guess I am. I'm line relaxing. And so now that's like a big joke between us. But we do that so much. We think to ourselves, oh, I can't walk those extra 20 feet or 100 feet or whatever it is. I've got to step on the thing that moves me. And these slight changes make a massive difference. In your article, you talked about that this landlocked nation of New Uganda, forty nine million people um, and compared to a whopping forty percent of Americans, only five point five percent of Ugandans are considered inactive. what a What a crazy thing to think about. and, I'd be curious of that those 40% of Americans are considered inactive what that correlation is because I think now we are sitting well over 70% that are overweight and obese. I mean we are we are in a super majority of our country that is in the overweight obese category. Uh, a, a slight reframe can make all the difference in the world. When my wife and I travel we say that if we if we don't hit 20,000 steps it doesn't feel like a vacation to us because we just love walking around. We love hitting the shops, hitting the um the hikes, whatever we can do. Um, and, you know, we find that we're, we're okay when we eat a little bit extra when we travel. We're, we're just yeah. fine because we're getting 20, 25,000 steps in as we're walking and we're fairly active, right? Yeah,
2: isn't that interesting? I would just say this in, uh, as, a, as a trainer, you know, I often, when my clients will go away on a vacation, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm just going to eat so much and I'm going to come back and I'm gained so much, so much weight and i will backslide so much. Usually mm. it's the opposite
0: because of right. exactly what we're saying.
2: Right. People are like, oh, I want to get out there in the world. They're also sleeping better, right? yeah. Yep. They're they may be eating a little bit more, but they're probably eating less junk because they're like, oh, I want to eat, the, I want to sample the local cuisine, so it's not yeah, going to be it. Crappy, crappy food. So generally, they come back and they're actually they're better rested. They have moved a lot. They probably haven't done a lot of like really intense heavy exercise, uh, so so they're, they've allowed their joints to recover a little bit. So actually, they come back, you know typically doing a little bit better, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. It can, it can be refreshing. So, okay. So we talked about neat and I know at the beginning you said uh, test your strength by going to some of these nations where you can lift some uh, heavy rocks. (laughs) I I love that one. Um, Let's, let's go on to something that I think miles is going to resonate because uh, as a musician, this, this is uh, right up your alley, miles. Uh, Andrew said, fill the beat. So Mm -hmm. how can people travel and fill the beat?
2: Wow. Well, yeah,
0: dance is
2: such an underrated form it of sure movement. Is. It sure that, is. Man, like uh, I mean, I I've, I feel like my like my evolution as a uh, you know, as someone who exercised myself, it it just gets more and more movement just general and that all the possibilities of movement just expand expanded so much over the years so i you know started out like most you know young you know fired up guys just doing a lot of bodybuilding type movements so it's all very linear very like one plane of movement so it's like god forbid i would ever tilt you know or rotate it was all like okay i'm gonna squat everything was the sagittal plane so straight ahead forward yeah. back you know and then then I got into a little martial arts and stuff like He's like oh I guess I can turn and do a down block this way and that way okay that's that's doable and then I got into a little bit of boxing like you you, you teach miles and then I did my keto which is all these big round circular mm. shapes I, I don't I am a terrible dancer my wife will attest to that but um, I deeply appreciate uh, the you know this improvisational nature of movement that is all like well you know it is that is all three planes of motion. It's Once your, it's your your body is like the center of a sphere, right? And you are covering and responding to all this space all around you. So, uh, so how can people feel the beat? Well, lots of different. I mean, there's there's you know just about every culture has at least one form of dance that is. Uh, Unique or uh, specific to that particular culture. So again, if it's if it's salsa, if it's uh, tango, if it's um, you know some more formal versions of dance in the East, if it's like ballroom dance, uh, I'm sure again I'm I'm uh, you could you could rattle off hundreds of the miles, but like I, I think you know just go out and figure out ways to sample the local dance, and you will get the experience of moving in different and novel ways um you know again there's something in the way that we tend to approach fitness that is my we i guess i mean the west of american culture that tends to fragment it tends to go we are working the biceps right mm-hmm. so we are standing yeah. here in the biceps so we fragment the body into little pieces but then we fragment the event individual away from the environment and away from his or her tribe use the word tribe um, and I think in other cultures, they do, they, 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 that would be ludicrous, the idea that we could just that we could take the body apart like a, like a butcher, right? And <laughs> work this chunk of meat and that chunk of meat, and then well, somehow that's, that's gonna add up to something, right? Yeah. Well, dance is the complete opposite of that. How do we integrate the whole body working together and then working with other people, moving with other people, and often in a setting, like an outdoor setting that, again, gets us more in touch with the place where we are. So yeah. you're, you're, you're just lighting up so many different um, you know, parts of the brain and parts of our sensory system that uh, it's, it, you don't, you don't want to miss it. I think it's, even if you're as terrible to answer as I am, you don't want to miss that, that approach to movement.
1: Well, sometimes yeah. just asking people, and this is a tough question that a lot of people can't answer, and you have to help them get there, but what is your own rhythm? I mean, think about Seinfeld with mm-hmm. Elaine Bennis, and how horrible that you she perceived to be a horrible dancer, but she was dancing to her own rhythm. She had her own thing going on.
0: Beat her own and, drum.
1: And that's a great jump-off point. The minute you figure out what your rhythm is and dance to that, regardless of what others think. Like Andrew, you say I can't dance, but you can dance the Heffernan. <laughs> yeah, you know the Heffernan has, has its own it. rhythm. <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll have to see the Heffernan in here.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, you'd never have me on again for sure.
0: <laughs> but it's a it's a great point. It's not just the uh, I I love how you're talking about the integration. Uh, yeah. of the body and the fact that we're not just chopping it up into uh, different, uh, you know, meaty movements. But yeah. it's there. there's something to be said for the dexterity of the movement, you know, the precision of the movement. Um, yeah. I, I have clients that come to me and I've specialized in post-rehabilitative uh, or injuries or people who have got issues. So whether it's hips, knees, backs for, you know, 20 plus years. And the one thing that I find in common with people who come to me with a hip issue, a knee issue, a back issue is what you just said. They're used to moving in basically one plane of movement and they have no dexterity and primarily no dexterity whatsoever in their hips. They don't have the ability to move other than at one speed with the hip and in one direction. Dance creates dexterity. Dance creates this full range integrated movement, and it's a, it's a phenomenal way for people to uh, to just connect with their body too. I think that's the other thing that I notice is we're just not connected to our bodies. For
2: sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, yeah, I mean, you could go down straight down the rabbit hole. Well, why is the hips such as such a you know problematic area? Well, you can go right down the rabbit hole, like dis- disconnection from sexuality, disconnection right. from this, you know, major chakra in our bodies, Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I want to just bring up one quick thing that I've been sort of mulling. I didn't bring it up, up in the article, but it's a, it's a cool concept that maybe your listeners might be interested in. And that's this idea of regulated versus unregulated movement. Yeah. Dance, right? If you go to like, I've, I've done, did some ballroom dancing. And, um, you know, a lot of times if you go to an event, there'll be a little lesson, right? At the beginning. And you learn yeah. how to do a box step or something like that. You go, okay, I kind of get what that is. And then, so that's very regulated. You're learning how to do the right way of doing movement. And then they give you some time to with your partner or whatever, whoever's around to kind of play with it, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then maybe you'll do the box step and maybe you'll throw in a twirl. Maybe you'll kind of do the heifer or your own version or do something that's a little, <laughs> that's a little bit off, off the beaten path of what they're doing. That's less regulated, right? But both approaches, regulated and regulated, I think can be super valuable. Now, again, most people who are working out in the gym are doing very regulated movement. This is how you do a squat. This is how you do a yeah. lunge. This is how you do a press, right? And very few of them are doing something like dance where it's like, well, let's go crazy. Let's do a rotation. Let's do a side bend. Let's just start of feel, you know, do the Elaine, like you said, you know, feel the rhythm. Um, and uh, then you're just a little bit freer. And what tends to happen is that some of those regulated movements that you've practiced tend to show up in a kind of maybe a slightly more uh, a slightly more free form in your unregulated work, but it's there. It's like vocabulary. It's like learning a new language, yes. right? So learning a new language, you got to learn declension of verbs, you learn vocabulary, memorize lists, and then you go into conversation and you're, you're gonna stumble around a little bit. But then eventually, You start to ideally get a little more fluid and start to play. Same with learning a musical instrument. You learn scales, and pretty soon you're improv over here. And so uh, I think that with movement, bringing in this idea of a little bit more, a little little lack of regulation can can help people feel a little freer, a little sense of ownership, and maybe a little bit more function of of stuff that's going to bleed over into their everyday lives lives a little bit.
0: I love how you talk about vocabulary because you know we we think about vocabulary and it, this this harkens back to something that I heard somebody tell me this week when we were I was teaching him some new exercises and he I said you know it'll take some time to get coordinated with these and his initial response re, reaction to me he looked at me he's like okay jerk and it and it kind of shocked me because the way I use the word coordination is not that like, Hey, you're an uncoordinated person, but to Uh, learn this new movement, we have to get the coordination between the muscles to do the movement properly. So don't expect to be perfect at it. And I paused. I said, Hey, I apologize. Um, What I'm talking about is the coordination of the muscles firing in the right way to do this movement pattern, right? It's not that you're an uncoordinated person, but I bring that up because vocabulary is not just in how we speak. It's, What's the vocabulary of movement? What's the vocabulary of expression? You know, Going back to what you were talking about with the tight hips, there's a vocabulary of expression with a more openness to sexuality in many countries. I mean, I, I and you watch the way that they move their hips. They're far more open in many, many ways. And that flow of energy is something that is, um, it, it's just beautiful to watch. So learning the vocabulary of movement from different cultures, I think makes you uh, a, a multilingual individual, right? Not just learning the language, but learn the vocabulary of movement. Well said.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've so, got 625 muscles and you've got, you know, what is it? Your nerves can go around the world three times or something. You strung them all out. So the idea that all of a sudden, you know, all those 625 muscles and miles and miles of nerves are going to be able to perfectly replicate a movement from the beginning is just ludicrous, right? So, yeah. I think this par- part of it is this idea of also learning, exposing yourself to just new, unfamiliar stuff, uh, having the, um, being willing to look foolish, you know, when you go into mm-hmm. a salsa class and yep. you don't know how to rotate your hips, you know, you don't know what that, what that's supposed to look and feel like. Um, that in itself can be incredible. It's underrated, just being willing to experience the new stuff and, and to learn. Uh, is just an underrated, valuable health builder.
0: Yeah, it's, it's essential as we get older, too. There's a lot of research that's coming out now that says that the more complicated movements you can use throughout life, the the better your brain health is going to be. And there's a lot of researchers that are thinking that uh, complicated movement can be one of the keys to uh, help to prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. So I think that uh, you know as we as we age and we have a little bit more money to travel the world, um, we jump in, we start to experience this movement, we're, we're doing some great things for our health. Well Andrew, <laughs> your next tip was to strike a pose. So talk to us a little bit about striking a pose.
1: He's yeah. vogue. Is he, is he, yes,
0: he's vogue. He's,
1: he's vogue. That's vogue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Madonna. Uh, um, yeah, striking pose, I believe is that was that where I was covering like uh tai chi, Yoga, martial, yep, martial arts, arts. arts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I mean, again, like dance, many different cultures have some kind of fighting art associated with them. And many of them, uh, certainly when you are talking about like Japanese martial arts, Tai Chi, which began as a martial art and then it kind of evolved into something a little bit different, kind of this universal health builder, Mm -hmm. um, involve these, what appear from the outside like static positions, much like yoga, right? So if you've never done yoga, you might look at a yoga pose like a lunge or a down dog or something you Go well they're just sitting there in that pose and what what's happening there but in fact when you do it well and you have a good instructor you are you know you're, you're sending multiple uh images through your working kind of multiple images so that uh, a static pose actually is incredibly dynamic so if you if you get into, into a down dog and you extend your arms and you extend your legs and you open your chest and you work with your breath you are you know in a way that is um, hard to detect from the outside you are settling deeply and strongly in, uh, into that pose and firing up again muscles that you often don't access just in your day-to-day life right so so and that's the case uh, you know when you're looking about at, at when you're, if you're looking at traditional martial arts like i did uh, okinawan karate for many years you know, and then you're you're learning how to very precisely execute these. This is a very regulated movement. it's like a down block. You know, how do you do that? Keeping your chest open, keeping your your, your front leg bent, your back leg fully locked out, your, your gaze up and out. You're enforcing this uh, ever deepening awareness of where you are in space. <laughs> so, if we are, as we said, deeply disconnected from the body in a lot of ways. This is a way of rediscovering that. So proprioception, the ability to sense where you are in space, uh, is something that you lose over time, just like you lose muscle mass or mm-hmm. cardiovascular fitness of these things without using them. I got to work with some some older clients, and God bless them, a lot of them have no idea where their feet are in space. Mm-hmm. And then you go, mm-hmm. well, and then and then it's, it, is it any surprise after you know 70, 20, 80, whatever, people fall down a lot. They don't know where they are, right? They've lost. The connection of their 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 sensory nervous system, right? So one way of getting that back is just having an instructor tell you, "This is what a tai chi, this is what this tai chi sequence looks like." You put your hands like this, you know, reach over, you swing your hands over. You're like, nope, not one hand down, one hand up. You see people trying to imitate movement, and they they can't quite do it because they've lost that ability to absorb and imitate movement. Well, again, this is the so, way yeah. of getting back is finding these uh regulated movement systems that are symmetrical on both sides that involve rotation that involve keeping your gaze out your awareness out deep to the space around you often working with a large group of people so that's really cool too so you're working you've got someone in front of you doing the same movement they're they're creating the shape with their own bodies someone in front of you to your left you turn rotate and then at the end you know your sense of where you are in space and your sense of your body goes from like having blinders on right this is how we live just looking at a little screen all the time to being again the center of that giant sphere where it's like i know what's going on behind me i know what's going on in front of me six directions up down left right forward back right so that's a great this this some of these modalities are a great way of enhancing all that proprioception and full body
1: awareness
0: i think there's a lot to it too Um uh, w- when it comes to our not just sense of where we are in space and time on the physical realm but i think there's something much deeper there as well ah. i i i think back to my uh, sifu who uh, took me through tai chi for several years and mm-hmm. the first thing that she said is i want you to just stand in horse stance for 20 minutes and we're going to work (laughs) up to an hour and horse stance is essentially that, you know, you're doing this wide stance with the arms out in front and you're just going through and you're breathing. And I thought, well, that's crazy. Why would I do this for that long? Thinking that it was just one thing, but it's not one thing. The breath is movement. And so as the breath continued to come in and go out, I was working my diaphragm. I'm working everything within my body. As I'm breathing, I'm having to move, adapt, adjust but i'm resonating now with what's going on inside of me and one of the things that i found most valuable was that tai chi allowed me to tap into the emotional and the spiritual side at a much better level you know we we are so disconnected where our emotional intelligence i've said for years that i believe technology has moved so fast that our emotional intelligence has not been able to keep up we can get things And in an instant, but we don't know how to process. And so I don't think we're necessarily in the age of translation. I think we're in the age of, or excuse me, the age of information. We're in the age of translation. We have to be able to take all of the content that's coming at us and translate it into now what, what am I going to do with this? So I love how you talk about this with martial arts, that you've got symmetrical mimicry side to side movement, but we're creating proprioception on the inside and the outside. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know as a somebody who's done martial arts, what uh, what did you notice as you went deeper into the practice?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I did many different martial arts for many many years. Uh, I never—I was, I was kind of a dabbler. I did again. I did very traditional Okinawan karate, so it was like I think I learned like thirty or forty kata. You know, someone mm. with, with weapons and stuff very little in the way of actual sparring contact that kind of stuff and i was doing that concurrently with my um master's degree in theater and acting so that's another thing that i do and so what i found there was yeah this this profound connection with with the the ground yeah Mm -hmm. and um also a sense of being able to focus um focus the my power right so you're working with a like a, an air shield or something to kick or to punch, right? So this ability to find the connection to the core, right? So you know a, the whole the whole uh, you know uh, you know f- functional fitness terminology. Everyone loves to talk about the core, right. right? When you start to feel that you actually throw a punch with your diaphragm and with your you know your center, and that the arm is really just completing the move, that's when you actually start to be able to express power, right? And then when then that translates into oh if i want to do a racket sport or if i want a box or if i want to play golf or something like that it's all right there in the core right so just very practically you've got that the connection again with the ground uh you know just the the more traditional martial arts are again uh like strenuously symmetrical so if you do something on your right side you better bet, you're gonna do on your left side too. Mm-hmm. You're gonna to rotate to your right and rotate to your left. You know, as we go through life, that vocabulary, that movement vocabulary tends to get less and less. So if you're constantly reinforcing a broader vocabulary of rotating both sides, reaching up, reaching down, reaching to the side, then your body just goes, Oh, we need to hold on to this, we need to hold on to this. And then that increases your your, your joint range of motion, which increases the joint, increases the joint health. And I think, you know, I mean, you you mentioned kind of the more metaphorical resonances of this. You know, the more you uh, experience and embody this idea that, you know, a space all around you is available and I can reach anywhere, up, down, side, side. Well, that's just, that's very literally a broader perspective. And it's also very metaphorically a broader perspective. I have more options. I have more choices in my life. So if you're someone who has, few choices, who has a rounded posture, sits at their computer all the time, you will start to embody lack of choice. It's a mm-hmm. kind of prison, right? Yeah. And if you go the other way, even if you go from being that guy to taking a class a couple of times a week where you're turning and rotating, that just starts to open up the world to you in a, in a in a very literal sense, right? And then that starts to snowball into, well, in what other ways am I sort of imprisoning myself? What other ways am I um, limiting myself? You talking about emotional intelligence, right? You take a salsa class, you're going to get in touch with sexuality. Some yeah. things, some things yeah. are going to start to come up, right? Yeah. And that's not a bad thing for most people. So uh, I feel like I'm all over the map with your, with your, your question.
0: That's yeah, great. <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was a great uh, um, answer to it. So, okay, so now the, the next one that you had brought up, you said find inspiration in the ancient. And this in this tip, you, you actually reference a tool that I've actually been playing with recently, uh, and that's the mace. Uh, but yeah. you said, Hey, get, get involved. Kettlebell's got to the Indian club, the mace, these are all instru- in in ancient implements or instruments that yeah. you can utilize. Um, talk a little bit about finding inspiration in the ancient.
2: Sure. Well, you know, most of these tools, um, they're either based on like farm implements or they're based on mm-hmm. ancient weaponry. Right. So it's, it's going way back, right? We're not even just talking, we're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, you know? Yeah. When did you plow the land? You needed to, you know, fend off some marauders from taking over your village, you know? You tended to, 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 to hold something in your hand and swing it, right? Um, it's a force multiplier. Uh, and it's the, 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 these objects that you swing as opposed to just lift like you do with the dumbbell, it's a more dynamic relationship with gravity, right? So if you're pressing a barbell or a pair of dumbbells, it tends to be straight up, right? Linear, linear relationship, directly 90 degrees up from the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do the movement that everybody knows or is familiar with, it tends to be a kettlebell swing, right? So you're swinging that that kettlebell up. It sort of becomes weightless as it as it uh, as it approaches the top of its arc, and then it comes down, and then it has weight again. So you're, in a sense, dancing with that implement, right? Whether it's a kettlebell or a club. I just started playing with, uh, with uh, steel clubs recently. And they're great. They're so much fun. I started working with this guy, uh, Mark Wildman. It was a huge uh, YouTube presence. Um, but I was working with, with, at a workshop with him. And you're doing all these kind of cool things where you turn, you swing down, you catch it. And, and that has such cool uh, effects on the way that your shoulder move that is that the shoulder moves that is so different from just working in a linear fashion. Now I keep on bagging on like bodybuilding and weightlifting type of movements. I do that stuff all the time and I actually love it, right. but yeah. you're trying to expand your vocabulary. you are trying to stay sort of in- enhance your longevity and your health throughout your whole life. Doing these movements that involve indirect, indirect uh, movement as opposed to linear movement, it tends to, I feel like it works. Uh, with your body right there's a little less sense of i need to yeah. work on this and now it's overcoming me and now i need to overcome this right you're kind of you're dancing and playing with this thing and it feels it has a playful um uh, kind of vibration to it right it's more it's more dynamic it's more it's lighter it's more like a dance and uh it's uh i i think that everyone should should get hold of something like that and just just try it a little bit it um i've had just such fun with them i
0: think they're great yeah i I think it's it's something i I mean some of our listeners might hear me say this and they they may be looking funny but i I think it's actually one of the best things that you can do for prevention of injury obviously if you don't drop the kettlebell (laughs) on your you know foot or you don't hit yourself with the mace but there's a deceleration (laughs) component that is critical we we accelerate a lot in our life we move quickly but we don't decelerate and what a lot of people don't know is is many joint injuries come because the joint you have not trained the ability for that uh deceleration and so uh those rotational movements the integration the play but there's a deceleration component that becomes more and more important as as we age Uh, and 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 andrew that leads us to our last one which is play a game, right? So you, you had the tip of play a game. And I know we talked about play. Um, but you you made a comment that I couldn't agree with more in the article where you said one of the most underrated aspects of fitness is play. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to us about how we can find play when we travel.
2: Oh Well, well um, I, I'll just tell a, a quick story from my trip to Scotland just now. Um, they have something there called the Highland Games, mm, and yeah. the, you've probably heard of the Highland Games. But yeah, the Highland uh-huh. Games, for people who don't know, it's this you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of year old tradition where you know a bunch of burly dudes in kilts get together in one of the many, many beautiful green fields in Scotland, and they throw things, they run around, they jump. Right? It's essentially track and field. But again, using the kind of implements and the um, the environment of the of the um, the the the, lo- the local the local terrain, and uh, so we went there. We went to Inverness, and there was the Inverness Highland Games, and I was like, we have to go to that. And so we walked over to this giant field, and lo and behold, there was like you could sign up. And you could do, so it's like, really? I could just sign up and do this? So it's like, hell yeah, let's sign up. So nice. sign up for a couple of, I don't want to throw, they do things like where you throw a hammer and there's one where you take a, a 56 pound, essentially a kettlebell and you throw it up and backwards over like essentially a pole vaulter's bar. So yeah. there are guy yeah. throwing, the world record was broken. The guy threw a 56 pound weight over 17 foot bar. Wow. astonishing Wow. So, so, so how do you integrate play into your, into your travel? You know, we were lucky because we found this place and we we're like, we got to, and we got to talk with a bunch of Scottish people. My son uh, did the shot put, he's 14 year old. He actually won me. My son is now a professional athlete officially. Wow. One buddy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's Long jump. He did, he did, uh, he did the hundred uh, the yard dash. I ran a couple of races. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't win, but I didn't disgrace myself horribly in 52. Um, and it was just a great sense of kinship, camaraderie, fun, and integration with the local people and uh, the, the, in, the environment, right? And the, the stones and the implements that they had in that culture. Now, you want to go to, uh, I forget the country where it is. It's, um, maybe, I can't remember. It's, it's all through Europe now, but Bossible, which I wrote about. Insane sport that involves like trampoline, somewhere between trampoline and soccer and volleyball, right? I mean, what a what a crazy thing to just jump into. No one's going to be an expert at that. Just go in and have a good time. So I, I think, and, and Miles brought this up, this idea of playing capoeira, right? I think that in the U.S., you know, we're so hyper competitive and the idea of like losing, you know, it just feels like oh, we're going to somehow, our identity is going to crumble if we look. Well, if you just go out and just open yourself up to, we're going to play, we're going to have fun, we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to tussle a little bit, or we're going to, we're going to just exert ourselves a little bit, and, and just frame it in the sense of play and integration and connection with other people, then it can be, it, can, it doesn't matter the outcome, it, it just, right. it just right. matters that you're having, you're having a good time and you're doing something
0: new. Well, and it's that experience of just getting out, playing, and and you know, taking aside this whole idea of like, what do I look like? What are people going to think? At a client, just get back home from uh, a trip to Europe. He's, he travels quite a bit to Europe because uh, the company that he works for they do a lot of business there. And he showed up, and he was essentially this guest of honor where they were doing this big party and they were playing. He he was explaining it to me, it was like baseball, but not baseball. And so they looked at him and said, hey, you're the American. You played baseball, right? And he goes, yeah, I did. Okay, here's what we do. And so he's trying to explain to me how they played this game. And it's not cricket because that was the first thing I said. It was it like cricket. And he goes, no, no, no. It literally, I, I can't even remember what it was called. Yeah, but He had such a great time. It was, uh, you know, I, I hate to say this, it was probably a less athletic version of baseball, which I don't know how athletic baseball <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. When you're just standing out there waiting for the ball to come, there's a lot of downtime. Right. But uh, yeah. he had a great time. And, you know, yeah. much like you, where you showed up and said, oh, this looks cool. About, uh, I don't know what it was, probably three weekends ago, three or four weekends ago, we were at our uh, my, my parents' condo in the mountains. And we were there supporting uh, one of our uh, coaches here at Evolve. She was doing the Spartan trifecta race. And Ah. so on Saturday we went and watched her come into the, uh, you know, the end there. And my wife and I looked at each other and was like, oh, that looks like fun. And and I looked at her, I said, you think of what I'm thinking? She goes, yeah, let's do it. So we went down and said, Hey, can we sign up for the race tomorrow? And so we did, and we just jumped in and did it the next day. And, What a blast. It was so much fun. And you know, the biggest question that Danielle asked me, she says, well, are you going to stay with me so that we can do it together? Are you going to go off? I said, I don't know. Let's just play with it. Let's see what it is. We had such a great time doing that race together and supporting each other, um, you know, through the implements. It was just, it was, and and it pushed me. It was something that, you know, (laughs) I'm a hiker, I'm a trail runner and going up that elevation it was the thing that beat me more than anything. and I was I was yeah. shocked by it. And then the yeah. second thing that was the most difficult for me, I was able to do all the activities, uh, all the things and, and accomplish everything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, including the javelin, which I was really shocked that I could well throw done. get it stuck.
2: That has kicked my butt every time. So uh, yeah, I,
0: I thought th- there's no way I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the javelin, but I got it to stick. The thing that was the hardest was the uh, the Atlas Stone. And I thought that that was going to be the easiest because I tend to pick up and carry a lot of things. I deadlift stuff quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah, there was something about that where that day I was, I was tired. So as you can imagine, when I got home, I have two things on my uh, list, Atlas Stone and... Uh, faster elevation gain. So last weekend I went up to the ski resort that's 10 minutes from our house and I clocked myself on how fast I could get to a thousand feet of elevation above where my starting point was to just say, yeah. okay, now here's my baseline. We're going to train that. But it's fun and it doesn't matter what other people are looking at. If you're doing it great, if they think you're doing it well, like you're just playing, you're having a good time. And I think that's, that's a big oh, part yeah. of what movement is.
2: Yes, Spartan, you know, I mean they don't need a plug from me <laughs> they're doing just <laughs> fine but uh they're i think part of why they're doing just fine is what wh- why what is the kind of things you're describing is like they integrate a sense of community and mm-hmm. fun and nature right and yeah. challenge right just like just like crossfit did they were like our crossfit is like all right you're gonna work hard right and a, a spartan race is no joke right even if you even if you do the shortest one it's there's gonna be moments where it's tough and so they've They found that community building thing and a little bit of like, um, you know, a a, a goal, like, all right, I wanted that stuff. Like I I took people on a Spartan race, maybe in pre-pandemic, a a couple, you know, I I Mm -hmm. took a group out. So let's do a 5k Spartan. I'll stick with you. I'll help you, you know, da, da, da. And um, a lot of people who really, I didn't expect (laughs) were going to go would do that kind of thing jumped in. I was like, okay, let's see if we can do nice. And they got through it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, so, so there's a way in which, uh, and again, I just, this isn't just a big plug for Spartan, but th- that, the reason I think they've done so well is because they've integrated a lot of the things that we're talking about here. have yeah. gotten away from just purely regulated movement, just purely in a box, on a treadmill, looking at the TV, the disconnection from the body, the fragmentation of the body, the removal from tribe, you know, this thing that we've all done in the name of convenience with fitness right, has also right. thrown away the baby with the bathwater, all these wonderful things that actually enhanced our lives, a sense of connection with others, sense of integrated movement, a sense of uh, presence in nature. All of those things are incredibly health-building. And, uh, and uh, the more we get back to that, I think the more we can enjoy movement as opposed to think of it as a grind.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, Andrew, what a what a great article and and uh, what a great conversation. We really appreciate yeah. you coming on and and recapping some of this for our listeners and uh, walking through some of the great benefits. Uh, and on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. Well, Andrew, um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, follow your personal em- evolution, and and you know continue to see all the great things you're doing?
2: Sure, probably the uh, the best way is my Instagram handle. Andrew Heffernan Fitness, uh, and you can just follow me. And uh, I post all kinds of things on there. Uh, Fitness-related material, certainly, but I post personal stuff on there. Like, just, I mean, again, I'm an actor, so I'll post post stuff on there. And that was a conscious choice because fitness is a part of what I do and part of Mm. who I am and part of what I teach. But I also want to model, you know, to the extent that I'm a model of anything, you know, the fact that we want to have a broad life, right? It involves lots of things the arts, relationships, right, Mm -hmm. Um, as well as travel, movement, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, jump on there if you're interested. You can always DM me if you're interested in anything, any of my services as a trainer or anything like that. I also teach, and I'll plug this, I teach a a four-times-a-week class on Zoom. Oh, Uh, very cool. 7.30 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 8 a.m. on Saturday. That's Pacific time. And uh, if you ever want to jump in on that, again, just send me a DM. I have, uh, for anyone that's new, I give, I give them four free classes if they want to try it out for a week. And then if you want to join in, then there's a way of doing that as well. So lots of different options. Andrew Heffernan Fitness just used the little at sign before for my uh, Instagram handle. And that's the, that's the way to keep up with me.
0: Great. And we'll link all that in the show notes. Uh, well, again, Perfect. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I'm sure our Evolved listeners took note and are already planning the, their movement on their next vacation. <laughs> So evolutionaries, remember that it is uh, it does take time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve and evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.